Hello, everyone, and welcome to Not Angry Black Men. My name is Alan Witt. I'm here with my good buddy, Justice Hill. We are co-hosts of this program. How's it going, Justice? It's going well, Alan. It's going well amid all this steamy weather in Cleveland. All right. Well, yeah, Justice is in Cleveland. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a little cloudy here and uh, a couple of sprinkles every now and then, but I'll take it as better than a drought, which we've had here over the years. Hey folks, uh, as I said, this is not angry black men. We do this every week, just two brothers sitting around talking, just like we're in the backyard. Well, today's program, we're gonna talk about something that's going on in the news today. You know, <clears throat> on ESPN's pregame NFL show, Sunday NFL Countdown, they have a segment where they highlight stupid or unexplainable plays committed by players. And then they say, come on, man. Well, Joe Manchin, come on, man. The West Virginia Senator is living in a fantasy world. He's made it clear that he will vote against the sweeping election reforms that is the For the People Act. And he'll also oppose any effort to end the legislative filibuster as a way to pass President Biden's policy proposals moving forward. And in the process, he's eliminated any chance to push through democratic reform through the 2022 midterm election. Joe Manchin is a Republican in Democratic clothing. Justice, Justice, what the heck is going on with Joe Manchin? What's this guy's problem? He's, he's got, I think he realizes that he has extraordinary power. He is the vote that the Democrats can't afford to lose. And he is using it the way Mitch McConnell used his hammer when he controlled uh, the Senate during uh, the latter years of the Obama administration. Uh, Manchin has the same power without the position. I mean, this is one of the things he said, he wrote a column in uh, one of the West Virginia newspapers. And he said this, ran a couple of days ago. Unfortunately, we're now witnessing that the fundamental right to vote has itself become overtly politicized. Today's debate about how to best protect our rights to vote and to hold elections, however, is not about finding common ground, but seeking partisan advantage. I'm stunned because all the things that the Republicans are doing and legislators around, legislators around the country are about getting a partisan advantage. What these, what, what the For the People Act is trying to do is stop this craziness from getting to the point where you're back to how many jelly beans are in this jar. I mean, that's the kind of craziness that Manchin is talking about. But he also talked about how big the, uh, the, the uh, bill was. I think the bill is something like 800 pages. And, and as he pointed, it had zero Republican support. Why would they support it? They're the ones who are trying, they're just the ones who are trying to suppress the vote. So why would they support something that would make it easier for Americans to vote? Well, you know, Justice, that's what I don't understand. It's obvious to anyone looking, whether you're Republican or Democrat, that the Republicans are doing things to get things to their advantage. Now, this man is supposed to be a Democrat. He's willing to give that to the Republicans. I don't understand that. Plus, 
polls in West Virginia show that 81% of the people, 81%, so that, that, that's not 81% of Democrats, that's 81% of everyone backs the For the People Act. So he's going and not only going against the Democratic Party, he's going against his constituents as well. And I, I got to believe you're right. You know, this is a power trip for him. He knows he has it. And here we are, stuck, messed up, all the way through the 2022 elections. Well, one of the things that I think he's also ignoring is what the 15th Amendment said. Uh, I mean, ratified in 1870, this amendment was designed to, to, to pre prevent states from, de from denying the citizens a right to vote. Obviously, right to vote has, has changed a little bit in terms of you can do it electronically, you can do an absentee ballot, all of those things. A lot of those things didn't exist in 1870. You certainly couldn't do it. I mean, we can't do a uh, vote online yet, but uh, some countries in the world, they do. They, they allow the citizens to vote online. And we know we can't do it here because <laughs> we can't even protect medical medical records, let alone, can you imagine what Russia would do with, with the right to meddle with, you try to think they meddle with elections. Now, <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have 500 million people voting <laughs> in a country with only 320 some million people. I mean, it's crazy. You know, personally, you know, I wouldn't want to vote online, you know, you know, for that reason, you know, plus, you know, I get a good feeling going to the polls, okay? Now, I understand you know, a lot of people need to vote in advance and they'll mail in ballots, but I like going to the poll. I, I like feeling that I've exercised my right, the thing, the rights that people have died for. And the Republicans simply want to take that away. They want to be able to control who votes because they know that is the only way they can remain in power only way. They can't do it legitimately. They have no agenda. I mean, tell me, Justice, have you seen any agenda from the Republicans at all? Oh, Nothing. yeah. Absolutely. I can tell you what the agenda is. To block the Democrats from doing anything. That's an agenda. And they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we've got to look at, we've got to look at Congress, the Senate particularly, and ask us, does this institution really work? I know it's not going to change in my lifetime. But the fact of the matter, the, the filibuster should just, they should ditch that, should have ditched that a long time ago. Maybe it has some value, but also the, the right of a small state like a West Virginia, which has a very minimal population compared to a New York or California, but they have the same number of senators. There's something inherently wrong about that power dynamic. We're not gonna lose that, but we also have to understand that those small states can't hold the, the mass of the country hostage. That's what Manchin is doing from, from his small state against states that are more in favor of a more, a more uh, a fair way of allowing people to go to the polls, polls, to vote early, absentee ballots and all those kinds of things. Uh, you know, West Virginia should not have that power. Neither should Kentucky. We've got two senators, one from Kentucky and McConnell, one a, a Republican, one from West Virginia in Manchin, a Democrat, who have extraordinary powers that they don't have the right to have. Their constituencies aren't large enough, but yet and still, in McConnell's case, he used the power of, of his position as minority leader as a hammer. But Manchin doesn't have a title, 
but he uses the fact that the, the, the margin of uh, the Democrat control of the Senate is so slim, really, vice president, that if, if he sits out a vote, the Democrats can't get anything accomplished. And that's what he's doing on a lot of different things. But the thing that disturbs me is that he has to know that, I mean, well, he has to know because Mitch McConnell said it. Their goal is to block any and everything that Joe Biden wants to do. The same thing they did when Barack Obama was president. And you see how that turned out. Why, you know, I, I don't understand why he can't see. Well, wait a minute, Alan. How it turned out is it led to Donald Trump. That's what I'm talking about. That's oh, how oh I, I, okay. I thought you meant it, how it turned out in terms of a good way. No, no, it no, no, out, no. That, yeah. was, that wasn't a good end result. No. And now we're getting put into a position again. You know, Democrats share a, a, a lot of the blame in, in what's going on. However, the Republican- why, why would you say that? Why would I say that? Yeah. Because in my mind, it, I think the Republican Party needs to be more forcible in the things they're doing. The Democratic Party, you know, put it like this. It's like when we were fighting Al-Qaeda, we cannot, we could not play by the rules we already had because they weren't playing by the rules. Mm -hmm. Well, now the Republicans aren't playing by the rules, but the Democrats are. They need to step up a little bit more. They need to be more boisterous. If you look at them, they do not even talk a good game. They they stick to being, to me, they're, they're passive and they're not aggressive in combating what the Republicans are trying to do. In other words, they're being too nice about it. You need to be a little, little, a little more mean. You need to be a little bit more forceful. And I don't think the Democrats are doing that, whereas the Republicans are. The Republicans are doing whatever they want to. And the Democrats do not stand up against that. And I think that is hurting uh, the Democrat, Democratic Party. That bothers me. So that's what I mean by that. I wonder, and one of the things that, as I said in the passage that I read from Manchin, is that he talked about that this uh, uh, For the People Act is 800 pages. Do we really need 800 pages to explain what's going on here? I don't know that. Maybe, and I'm, I, I'm not trying to defend Manchin because I don't think, I think his position is indefensible when he talked about politicizing the vote, because that's exactly what the Republicans are doing. But maybe he's suggesting that we go back and look at the legislation and retool it a little bit. Uh, but I don't think he can be, the, the, from everything I've read about him, he's just opposed to anything that's related to, to this. He doesn't think it's needed. And if he's approaching it that way, he's not see, seeing what's happening in state legislatures in the South and other places as well that are doing everything they can to undermine the right to vote. I mean, think about it. We're still fighting in Arizona a, a recount that is going nowhere. And yet still people are talking about, I read an article someplace where Donald Trump has said he'd be back in the White House in August. There's no mechanism in place to put him back in the White House. No matter what they find in the vote total, uh, the corruption in Arizona, which doesn't exist, but why are we still fighting about those kinds of minutia 
Well, we have bigger issue. And the bigger issue is getting people back to work. The right to vote should be not even up to debate. Let's just let's just address it. Joe Manchin, let 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 Congress do what it's supposed to do, pass this legislation so we can move on to more meaningful things, as we talked about last last week. It's the economy, stupid. That's what we have to worry about. If the Democrats can't fix that, and they certainly can't fix it if they can't pass the kind of legislation that Biden needs, then Biden's going to be a one-term president, and we'll end up with a crackpot like, you know, uh, uh, Josh Hawley as maybe pre- uh, or Nikki Haley as president in in 2024. Is that what Democrats want? That's what I mean, Justice. They're not fighting hard enough to combat this stuff. I mean, you look at everything that's going on, everything the Democrat, I mean, the Republicans are, are doing, uh, you know, they're sitting back quiet. I, I don't hear, and, and you know, you and I both, we read a lot every day. I want to know what's going on politically. So I pay attention to that stuff. And I do not see, uh, you know, Democrats coming out forcefully combating these things. When you think about all this legislation across the country, where voting rights are being suppressed. I don't really hear too much from the Democrats fighting that. Now, fortunately, the Democrats in Texas walked out that prevented, you know, things from being passed, you know, but eventually they're going to have to get in there. But even though that happened where they walked out, what have they said about that? They have to be more forceful. They need to get the word out to the people, just like, just like Republicans and Donald Trump if you keep repeating something over and over, pretty soon people believe it. Well, yeah. Democrats don't do that. We say at one time, we sit back, that's the end of it. You have to keep saying it every day. You have to keep doing things. You have to keep forcefully putting things in front of people so that they can see it. But if you just say at one time, you step back and you got the Republicans saying the exact opposite every single day over and over again, that's what they're gonna hear. That's what's gonna be in their head and Democrats need to combat that. You don't have to lie. You can tell the truth about what's going on, but you need to do it forcefully. And Democrats don't do that. It's like Barack Obama when he was he was president. I loved him as president, but one thing that I didn't like, I don't think he was mean enough on occasion. There are times where you have to be mean. There are times where you have to put your thumb on somebody. And he didn't do that and Democrats aren't doing that now. And it ended up costing him and it's gonna cost us if our democratic leaders do not stand up and fight this the way it needs to be fought. You know, the big problem is, Alan, is they're looking for uh, a, a bipartisan support. That word means nothing today. So expecting Republicans to buy into almost anything that's related to uh, building jobs and, and better opportunities for the poor, uh, you're never going to get that. I mean, if, if Biden were to come in and say, uh, let's cut taxes by 50%, Republicans would be all over. That's all they care about is how can we keep people, you can't have a civilized society if people don't pay taxes. You just can't. Taxes ensure that we get things accomplished. How do we get roads built? How do we get bridges built? How do we get schools? How do we get you know, the water, the, the water supply, how do we protect that? How do we police each other? Uh, you know, how do we police our borders? That costs, there's a, there are costs for that. And if we're not willing to pay for that, then what, uh, what are we left with? 
we'll be left with a society where the rich can, can even dominate more than they, they do already. They'll have their own police force, they'll have their own bridges, they'll have their own everything. That's not what this republic is about. And if we don't understand that, and Democrats, I think, are slow to embrace that, then I don't know what the next couple of years are going to look like for, for our party. I think we'll still, we'll get to the point where we will be, uh, let's put it this way. I still think that the people that we have to reach as a party are the independent. The Democrats aren't gonna change. The Republicans aren't going to change. But the, those people in the middle, the independents who, who, who go with the prevailing sentiment, whatever it happens to be, we have to find a message that they buy into. Uh, we hit them in their pocketbooks or, or help them on, on those kinds of fronts. If we can't convince them to lean towards us as opposed to lean towards the Republicans and their lying uh, 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 leader, uh, then we're going to be in trouble in 2022 and we'll be in bigger trouble in 2024. But we have a message to sell. And that is, let's make America what it can be. Not let's make America great again. Let's make America what it can be. And that's what I think Barack Obama was trying to do. That's what I think Joe Biden is trying to do. But you can't do it politely. You have to say, you have to call out bullshit for what it is and say, this makes no sense. And the right to suppress the vote absolutely makes no sense to me. Well, Justice, in a perfect world, okay, here, here's a scenario that I believe would work, but with politics, we know it's not going to. The Republicans, the one thing I'll give them credit for is that they stay together, okay? They may be wrong in what they're doing. They're supporting Donald Trump, even though they hate his guts, okay? So they're a unified front, and it is a front, but they are unified. If the Democrats could get unified, and and Joe, Joe, I mean Joe Manchin has made that not 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 happen, but if if they if they were together, they got rid of the filibuster, they started passing reform because then they'd have the power. It would be 50-50, and then the vice president would would chime in. If they kept doing that, when when you're in a position of power, when you're in a position of strength, you control things, and the other side has to seek a compromise. So if the Democrats are changing things and they're, and they're reforming things and making things happen, the Republicans then would have no choice but to come in and try and come up with a compromise because you're either gonna, you're either gonna get everything that the Democrats want or you can bring that down some so that you can satisfy your constituents as well. But as long as they allow the minority Republican party to control things, this is the way it's going to be because the people like Joe Manchin aren't willing to do what is necessary. And it is necessary for us in, in order for us to change. If, if, if he wants to do all this, become a Republican then. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, you can't be a Democrat and you're the only person, all of your colleagues, all of them want to do this, but you don't. That's something wrong, inherently wrong with that. That's that's almost anywhere. Alan, I think he's using this vote to leverage more for West Virginia. I think he's willing to trade his vote for 
what more can the federal government do for his state? I mean, it's not like West Virginia is a pr prosperous state. It isn't. It's a state that for so long built its fortune on, on coal, but coal doesn't, it, coal mining isn't a career anymore. And I think Manson understands that. I like to think he understands that. I hope that, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's politics though, but I think he's using it, that vote to leverage more for West Virginia. If that's what he's doing, then I applaud him as a, as a, shrewd, as a shrewd politician. I don't like that because the right to vote is bigger than his state. But if that's what he's doing, I think the people in the state are gonna love him. I mean, he's up for re-election uh, in 20, 2022. So it'll be interesting to see what those people there think of his obstructionist views on this particular issue and also on the filibuster. Well, I've told you 81% believe in the For the People Act, 81%, and he's going against it. I always thought that politicians were supposed to, uh, you know, do what their constituents want. And it doesn't seem to me as if he's doing that. And you, and you talk about, you know, trying to leverage. Well, we're to the point where if this doesn't get done now, it's never going to happen and then we're stuck. So maybe he ends up getting what he wants, but in the process, he screwed the entire Democratic Party. And is that worth it? Uh, is, are, are, are you willing to sacrifice the entire country to take care of your people? Because eventually that's gonna come back to haunt you. And history, as we keep saying on this show, history is gonna show the truth about everything. You cannot hide history is going to bubble to the top sooner or later. Well, keep in mind that as we look at, at things down the road, uh, this, I, I, I stand by, I think it's a political game that he's playing to benefit his state. And I don't know if that's such a bad thing. It just doesn't help the country broadly. Uh, you know, West Virginia, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, Trump talked about shithole countries. West Virginia is almost a shithole state. I mean, it's got so many different problems there that that need to be addressed. And as much as we might not like Joe Manchin, what will happen if a because whatever Republican runs against him is going to be going to align themselves with Trump. So, are we better off with an, another Republican who's aligned with Trump, or with a Democrat who sometimes does crazy things that we don't agree with? Yeah. Well. My I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, 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 as much as, I mean, the fact of the matter is this voting rights thing has got to end up in the Supreme Court. And I don't know, even with the three uh, 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 Supreme Court justices that Trump put on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the high court, I think at some point they will have to understand that what is happening in these states just isn't right. When you legislate that somebody can't even give you a, a bottle of water as you stand in line, that is the kind of pettiness that even the most foolish jurist has to say, this just isn't right. You know, I don't know, but I mean, the 15th Amendment uh, is, is about the right to vote. And it puts, puts that squarely in the hands of the high court when states can't get it right. And states, and states left and right can't get it, they can't get it right. You know, they're doing everything they can to make it easier for white people to vote, suburban people to vote, rural people to vote, but making it almost impossible for black people to vote. And I've said this on the show as well. We can't, 
allow people to make it difficult for us to vote. If we have to set up caravans to go to voting places and things like that, that's exactly what we have to do. But we can't sit back just because it's hard. We should do it because it's the right thing to do, not because it's, it's hard. We shouldn't try, oh, it's too hard to do that. No, because if we don't, what we're saying is we like the country the way it is. And I refuse to let anybody tell me, anybody who's black that, or anybody who's white as well, that this America is an America that they, that they can like. There's too much in this America that you can't possibly like. And I think the only way we can fix it is get new, new leadership. Also, I've become more and more concerned about the fact that we're a country that, 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 have, that has too many older people at the, top of the, at the top of the political process, the Bidens and the Mansions and, and the Trumps. Where are we going to, when are we gonna find a, a, a place for the 30 somethings and the 40 something people and give them a greater say? Well, because clearly our generation has exhausted. We fought the Vietnam War. We fought the, the Nixon era. We fought uh, the Black Power Movement. We fought, I mean, we've been through all of that. Maybe we're too tired to fight anymore. I don't know. So will we be better off giving young people a chance to see what direction they'll take to society, take to society because we messed it up. Uh, you know, we messed it up, uh, you know, back in the uh, 70s when we started to gain some things and we didn't take advantage of everything that we had. Uh, and what I'm hoping for is that we're not going to do that now, but, you know, uh, apparently we are. Uh, we're going to find out in 2022. The only way I'm not voting is if they come up with a law that says black people can't vote. I'm not talking about this and that and other. It's going to have to say that black people can't vote because any other thing I can get around that because I will adhere to whatever rules are necessary in order for me to vote. But see, Alan, that's the problem. I don't think we ought to be, the conversation shouldn't be how to get around the right to vote. The, the issue should be, how can we encourage Americans across the board to get to the polls and exercise their right to vote? I don't know what it is. For example, I said this to you before, in Argentina, you have to vote. There are penalties in place to vote. We're never gonna to get to a point where we're gonna penalize people for not voting. But maybe we can incentivize them to vote by saying, hey, if you vote, if you vote, you get $50, $50 off your tax bill. I, I, I know that's not going to fly either because nobody, Republicans don't want more people to vote. So that, that's not going to happen. But some kind of way, we've got we've got to convince, especially black and Hispanics, that it's it as this color, as this country starts to become more colored, that it's in their interest to get to the polls and shape the direction of this country as opposed to leaving it in the hands of white people who, if you leave it in their hands, they're gonna to try to keep things as they are. There's no reason for them to wanna to change anything. Why would they? They rule everything, they own everything. They're wealthy and they're, you know, all, yes, they're saying, yeah, but there are poor white people too. Yes, they are. But, but in terms of the numbers, they're way better off than we are. Somebody once said, you would get, you, you could get, very few white people to trade places with me. And I think I'm pretty, pretty, pretty well off. They wouldn't want to trade places with me because of the baggage that comes with this. 
they wouldn't want that. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. Uh, so we will to see where we go with this, uh, you know, from now. I'm, I am hoping and, and praying, uh, you know, that we, you're right, where we can get to a point, I don't know if it's my lifetime, where, like you said, what this country can be, and we can achieve that. Um, you know, I was watching, uh, uh, you know, CNN last night, uh, you know, and, um, you know, the, the guy from, uh, the, sorry, it's slipping my, my tongue, uh, the country where Donald Trump had the perfect call. Um, uh, you know what country, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, oh, uh, Ukraine. Yeah, the Ukraine. Um, and they were talking to a guy who was in the room. Uh, you know, this tape is out now of uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, trying to convince them to find some dirt on Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, this guy was in the room and he was on there and he was asked, what does he think of America? And he, his words were that he has less of opinion of America now than he did before that. And there's a lot of countries that feel that way. Uh, it's an embarrassment for us as, this, as a country uh, that uh, you know, people feel that way. But how can they not feel that way? We, you know, this country, this country's flaws have been exposed and our democratic system, which should be fantastic. There's just too many things that can change it. You know, always thought that majority rules, but now we have a party where the minority is ruling. Yeah. They're not, they're not, and, and, and they're ruling and they're not even, they're not in the majority uh, in the House, in the Senate, they're not in the White House, but they're still ruling. I mean, where, 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 how does that happen? Well, when you look at where the population is, is sprinkled around the country, you have states with very little, I mean, West Virginia, they've got two senators and they've got, you know, how many people? I don't know how many people, they're 5 million people or whatever. California has 10 times that but they have the same number of senators. And you look at, I mean, the, the country, the electoral college has outlived its usefulness. And I think we need to look at this country for what it is. And that is uh, a system of government that seemed like a good idea in the 1700s, but is not such a good idea in 20, in, the, in, 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 this, in this century. Uh, too much has changed. And this is why I said a bit ago, is that we need people who understand the change and how this change is going to continue to, to occur and be in a position to effectively pivot when we have to. I think a lot of these older guys are slow to make, are, are slow to move, slow to change because they like the status quo. This is why you see so many people who get into power who don't give it up who are opposed to term limits because they love the power that comes with it. Well, you know how I feel about term limits. We need them. Yeah. These guys out, let's get someone else in. We, this country, uh, you know, frequently can use a change because, you know, let's, let's be honest, Justice. There have been great, uh, you know, powerful, uh, 
you know, countries throughout history, but they never last. Yep. And eventually, America's not going to last either. So I would rather go out on the side of right than on the side of wrong. Uh, but I really don't see that happening right now. Uh, but here's the thing. We have the potential to last if we make a society where, where there is more equity in what we, we can't have the haves having so much power at the expense of, of the people who are trying to be haves and those who will never be the haves. There is a caste system in this country, but we need to accept that. But the Brahmins in our society have way too much power and that's not, that's not fair. And I think it's their, it's their greed and their self-interest that get in the way of us being the kind of country that we're capable of being. If we don't write that, then we won't be a country of long-term uh, long success. I just don't see that yeah. being the case. Yeah. Well, folks, we're running out of time. Uh, so uh, this, this was a great conversation, Justice. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, great conversation. Um, at the end of each show, we always do a segment, just a minute, and it is just a minute. Uh, no interruptions, just uh, what we're thinking. I had one that I was going to do, Justice, but I'm going to switch it up here at the last minute. You know, I'm a thorough cruise enthusiast. I love cruising. Uh, you know, you look at the U.S. versus Russia, but to me, you know, the biggest conflict out there right now is the cruise industry versus the state of Florida and Texas. Those two states just enacted laws where you cannot make someone be vaccinated to be on one of your cruises. But the cruise lines, they want people to be vaccinated to get on. So there's this big conflict going on. I can't wait to see how it's going to turn out. This is like a soap opera, folks. I want to know, the cruise lines are adamant that they're going to have everyone tested. Uh, I mean, that, that you have to be vaccinated or else you're going to uh, pay an extreme penalty if they have to do it the way the states want it but they want everyone to be to be vaccinated or 95% of the people. And for every violation, it's a $5,000 penalty. And you think there's 5,000 people on board a cruise ship, $5,000 for each of, uh, I mean, $5,000 for each of those people, that can get rather expensive. So stay tuned folks. We'll see how that's gonna play out um, because I can't wait to get back to cruising. I'm vaccinated, so I don't have to worry about it, but I wanna see how they're gonna overcome these state laws that have been enacted. Well, they'll just move to port of calls in other states. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna do something, another sports related thing, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk a bit about Serena Williams. Serena Williams lost the other day uh, in the French Open, and she lost to a woman whose name I had never heard of before. But Serena Williams has lost to women uh, for the past three or four years that she should never have lost to. And it's sad. She reminds me of, certainly she can play at on spurts at a pretty high level. But to get to a tournament and get all the way through, she can't do that anymore, in my opinion. 
I would like to remember her when she was the dominant player in tennis. And I'm starting to remember her the way I remember Willie Mays, how he struggled through the last years of his, of his baseball career with the New York Mets just stumbling around the outfield. Sometimes, just as, just as with anything, people need to know when it's time to ride off into the sunset and live on this extraordinary record that you had, because there's a whole generation of people, young tennis fans, who don't remember she, when she was a dominant player. They just listen to TV announcers say, Serena used to be this and Serena used to be that, but they don't see any of that greatness today. Serena, do yourself a favor. You don't need the money. I don't think you'll win another uh, a major. Retire gracefully. I think you'll do your legacy some good. Amen. Well, folks, that is it for Not Angry Black Men. We do this every week. Thank you for joining us. We hope you come back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Thanks, everybody. My name is Alan Witt, and this is my good friend, Justice B. Hill. Take care, Justice. Take care, Alan. Bye.